Hey everybody, welcome to Campus Comics Cast, coming to you from Carbondale, Illinois, with special guests from the Campus Comics crew, and now, here's your host, the man with the previews in hand, Mike No. Hello and welcome to another episode of Campus Comics Cast. I'm Mike No, owner-operator here at Campus Comics in beautiful downtown Carbondale, Illinois, right on Main Street. Uh, we're coming to you, as always, from inside the store, and we're going to just talk about some various topics today. Just kind of, uh, we have our special guest again with us here, super special guest, Mike Atchison, and we just let him pick the topics since he was so psyched to be here for a couple <laughs> podcasts, and he threw a bunch out there. And for good or bad, these are the ones I picked. <laughs> Probably so, more for the bad. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but anyway, so just uh, listen along with us. We have some conversations, and joining me tonight are Scott Reed and Dan Brown and special Mike Atchison. Super <laughs> special guest. Cameo appearance by Mike Atchison. All right, so this is kind of a veritable potpourri of topics. You know, I just kind of picked some that. Uh, that Mike threw out there and uh, first off what we're going to talk about is uh, and this will vary greatly from you know as far as the extent of this but we've asked it to limit it to three items and it's what's in your read pile <laughs> and if you're a comic reader of um, worth your salt you've got a backlog of stuff that you have mm -hmm. not read that you intend to read one day again i am not a comic reader worth my salt so my small <laughs> piles my read pile is very little a lot of stuff i want to get around to but mm -hmm. don't actually have a pile you know so do you want to start it Scott? doesn't matter I think maybe maybe Dan, mike should start mike, since it's yeah, his topic it's so his topic sure oh. we, we gotta do all three or we gonna do one round round robin one at a time i like round robin I'm okay round robin okay, okay all right so okay, you go first. Yeah. All right. Thank you, Scott. Thank you, Mike. Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> cut me off after about twenty minutes. Okay. okay. <laughs> now nah, you're good. <laughs> uh, my first pick is uh, being probably equal parts collector and reader. Um, I found out some years ago about a, a certain event that um, was an unofficial crossover between Marvel and DC in the early seventies. <laughs> um, it's the Rutland, Vermont Halloween Parade that <laughs> appears yeah. in everything from Thor mm -hmm. to Marvel Feature to Justice League of America to Batman uh, and Avengers. And I wanted to collect um, all of those issues. So I just, uh, within the last month, picked up Avengers 119. And the reason I say unofficial is because the creators, uh, you know, you had Lynn Wein and his girlfriend then was Gwyneth. Um, she wasn't, wasn't a Gwyneth her name? Um, but anyway, you had Steve Englehart, you had uh, Jerry Conway, and these are all young, early 70s dudes with their bell bottoms. So <laughs> they're taking a road trip in uh, upstate, you know, in the northeast, up around Vermont. And in all of these issues, they're, they're in this parade, and there are characters in the parade that are dressed up as, if it's a DC book, like Batman say, You've got a Thor and you've got a Captain America analog. Not perfect, 
you know, <laughs> replica. But they're appearing. And they did all this stuff without any of the editor's knowledge. You know, I think Roy Thomas was probably the editor at DC at the, or at Marvel at the time. And I don't think there was any angst over it. But, you know, they were rebellious enough. Rebellious enough. So I wanted to collect all, collect all these. And I just got this Avengers 119. It was uh, January 1974 is when it was put out. And nothing more really exciting than <laughs> collectability of it. Than that. Yeah. Really, but, but, read them all. but it's all my to read. And so I, Avengers 119, is that the last one? No, I've no? got uh, Marvel feature number two and Avengers 83. And Avengers 83 is a little bit tougher because it's also the first appearance of Valkyrie. Mm. Oh, I got so, that book. <laughs> okay, so Scott, I'm going to put that on my list for you <laughs> to find for me. But uh, yeah, it's, it's just... Uh, it's it's fun. It's neat. It's you know kind of you know, snubbing her nose well, at the edit- editors saying we're going to do this whether you want to do a crossover or not, and it's and fun. Acknowledge each other anyway. Huh? Yeah. yeah. Well, they they yeah. did that. There was like a there was a new universe title, Justice, oh. on Marvel that actually had an unofficial Joker appearance inside of. It, apparently, I've never actually seen right. it, wow. but it's like it's one of those things you see in the price guide where it says unofficial Joker yeah. inside of it. So well. They they've done those kind of riffs and and stuff previously i mean all they do they do occasionally so we're gonna have to take a look at the back room yeah Yeah. i'd be back there yeah yeah, new universe is like we got some good we got some plenty new universe back there if anybody's interested (laughs) you're a new universe completionist come on down Uh, all right dan how about you Uh, i got quite a bit on my reading pile (laughs) i've got about four long boxes of back issues right now and two long boxes of hardcovers and trades i haven't gotten to Mm -hmm. uh right now uh, just off the top of my head, uh, I'm coll- and I have been for a few years now collecting detective comics in the 400s, kind of working my way backwards with Batman. I just picked up some from Scott. I was looking for it at the SlukyCon a few weeks back. Uh, so that's kind of some stuff I'm looking forward to getting around to reading right now. Uh, you still got some Neil Adams in there and stuff like that. Uh, you've got, like, first appearance Italia in there and things like that. There's some good, you know, I'm assuming good stories. I haven't read them yet. But uh, I've kind of been whittling my way with Batman for a while now, specific, and that's how I go at it. It's a hundred issue chunks like that, and just work backwards. Mm-hmm. So, but yeah, I'm about to finish up the four hundreds of Detective, and so I'll be reading some of those okay. that I haven't gotten to yet. Sounds good. Wow. Well, I guess <laughs> yeah. I'll go. Okay. I'll go next here. Um, again, like I said, I do not read like I should or like <laughs> I want to. So really, though, I just have a few things in my read pile. Um, and most of them are just current back, you know, issues of books that we've been talking about on podcasts, you know. So really, just um, what is it? I still haven't read Doomsday Clock Number Seven, you know. <laughs> so we got sick. We well, did we'll, a podcast. We'll get to that. Yeah. So, yeah, we'll get to that. We so, got time for that one. Yeah, hmm. but yeah, it's not like they're throwing them out there real quick. So really, that's really the only thing, you know. It was you've heard us do entire podcasts about it practically about Doomsday Clock, but that's really the top thing I have. I haven't read Doomsday Clock number seven yet. So that's pretty pitiful. It is. It is. That is that is so it's depressing. Really sad. I know. You own the story. You should have. You got all this opportunity. You can read. You can just sit here and read all this yeah, stuff. That's all, all day. I do. That's all. Yeah, that's all you do. That's all you do. You work at a right? Worst cameo ever. <laughs> I told you it was sad. Yeah, no, I did not lie, well, Scott. Okay, so I I keep my to read pile to about like three magazine size boxes, and it's a mix of 
back issues and trades and and individual issues. And I have tons of new stuff. I I haven't read Doomsday Clock Seven yet either. It's in my to read pile. Hey, but I've read it. But I want. <laughs> Show hey, and I'm and, and I really want to read it. I'm like I'm actually looking forward to it. It's just yeah. it's just fine in Maybe that our time. Next show should be a synopsis on that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, so I, I went through my to read pile. I kind of picked out like three of the weirdest things that I have in my to read pile. So the first thing that I that I decided on was I have all three volumes of the DC Superpowers series in my to read pile. Nice. It's one, it's one of the <laughs> Now I am expecting this to be awful. No. Uh, but uh but uh <laughs> it is one of the few Kirby things from DC that you know that I haven't read. Um, other than like, I haven't read much Commandy either, so I, I want to get that in my to-read pile. But uh, so I have all three volumes, superpowers. You know, anything that's based off of toy line has to be terrific. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so that is that is sitting there, and it's like like there's a six issue series, there's a four issue series, and there's a five issue series. It's like these bizarre mm-hmm. from like 1985 and 1986. So yeah, so you got the green armored Lex Luthor all going up against Dark Side. So yeah, so that is there. Waiting, uh, waiting for my enjoyment. <laughs> what blew my mind is that in 1985 you had the crisis on Infinite Earths, where worlds will die, worlds will live, and the DC universe will never be the same. But then you also have superpowers. superpowers. <laughs> wow! And you also had Amazing Man. Don't forget Amazing Man, <laughs> which I will recommend that someday to you guys. It is a great read. <laughs> you got a Dark Knight Returns cameo on a cover of Amazing That's Man. That's right. Yeah. 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 And I tell you what. Say what you will. I could probably do a whole episode on superpowers. Well, I'm looking uh, forward to reading it. If so, I, and if I'm surprised, maybe that's what we oh, should yeah. do. Oh, yeah. Maybe Seed, that's what we should do. Seeds, seeds of doom. Okay. Well, I'm, like, so I'm looking forward to reading yeah. it. So. Okay. <laughs> I'd have to reread it. But yeah. <laughs> All right. So round two. All right. All right. Uh, deep cut, guys. Um, Phantom Lady number two. Uh, Which I volume? Just, <laughs> second. This is not. This is not uh, Fox. It's not quality. Then it's actually the third volume. And her, the um, publication of this title was very convoluted. But that's sort of what intrigued me. I knew a little <laughs> bit from listening to podcasts and reading about it. But you know, probably Phantom Lady is most famous for being a quality character that really wasn't all that risque. But when quality, um, I think it was the Eisner Iger. Uh, studio that actually created the character and then sold the rights to Quality and then somehow Quality just quit publication and Eisner and Iger Studios, Will Eisner of course, mm-hmm. pretty much told Fox Features you guys want to publish this, go ahead just pay for it, whatever. And that's when Matt Baker got involved and he's the one that did the good girl art that's famous for the uh, Frederick Wortham um, you know, uh, legislative hearings with the the whole headlight thing and all that. So I thought, okay, this is a number two. It's a February, March, 1955, and on the cover it said Ajax Farrell. So I thought I got to look up what is. So it turns out after Fox quit publishing, then it ended up going to Ajax Farrell, and they acquired the rights. But it, by that time, the Wortham thing had come along, and the seduction of the innocent, and it went back to. Um, pretty plain Jane. I mean, it was the last, number two here was the last code issue of that title. Mm-hmm. So um, 
I, I can't give you a synopsis of the story because I haven't read it, obviously. Right. But I can tell you the history, historic value, I think, is really cool. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And to me, that's one of my, that's a big part of my collecting as I love the history of it. So, Phantom Lady number two. All right. And so, growing up, I really liked getting grab bags. Books. <laughs> used to be you could get a good thing out of grab bags every now and then. That doesn't seem to be the case anymore. <laughs> Until we start doing them here in the store, then they'll right. be amazing. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so, a couple years ago, we went to a store, me and some friends, and I picked up a blind short box. <laughs> a short box full of comics <laughs> that I didn't know what was in it. And I'm like, this sounds like fun. (laughs) (laughs) This was the first summer I was working here at the store, too, and reorganizing the back room. Mm -hmm. So once I got home and opened up this box... I saw all the same crap books that I was sorting in the chat room. And I thought for a second someone might have played a joke on me and planted this book, this box full of books that I was sorting. I think I got one book I was really looking for out of that. (laughs) The whole short book? Yeah, yeah. And then a bunch of crazy filler stuff. Right. So out of that box was a book called Shatter. Mm-hmm. This book promotes itself as being the first comic book produced with uh, artwork from a computer. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. This art looks like it was printed out on a dot matrix printer. Yeah. <laughs> it looks like somebody had to tear the sides off of these pages mm-hmm. when they put it first, out. Yeah. And I feel like I'm when I get around to reading this book, I think I'm going to go cross-eyed. Because uh-huh. <laughs> it is so obnoxious to look at. <laughs> it's pretty. The print is pretty low quality yeah, on, yeah. The, on the images. Yeah, this yeah. isn't modern CGI. No, this is no. 2D artwork that someone mm-hmm. scanned in or something yeah. and ran through some you know, an equivalent of a Photoshop filter from the 80s, whatever that would have been. <laughs> right. And it just looks, I mean, computer, uh, no, I computers were actually, the future. I think it was actually computer art generated. Yeah. I mean, that was just what the, it looked like at that yeah. time. So, yeah, I remember but that it just, book. It's when was just it published? In the 80s sometime. Yeah. I'm yeah. not sure. We have some in the back room. I could go look, but I'm not going <laughs> <No. laughs> to. get to it in a series file. That's the point. And I have a few issues of this, so this is going to be a hard weekend probably, yeah. <laughs> read, getting through this stuff. <laughs> but that's one of the crazy things on my list, All right. my pile. All right. Uh, you're, Mike's, are, you're, Mike's lame list number two. two. Okay. okay. <laughs> yeah. It's not lame. Yeah, sure it is. No, we. Yeah. Okay. Okay. <laughs> hey, I wish. I, the, I wish. I, I, have, your beans. I have three things in my read pile. I wish okay. I only had That's three things in my read pile. And the the other one is another book we talked about. Issue one. The only other thing. I, one of the one of the three things I have in my read pile is is um, Heroes in Crisis number two, <laughs> which I know Dan's feeling about that. I won't repeat because this is a uh, non-explicit uh, podcast, but his three-word <laughs> his three word review of that title. Uh, so I do want to read that again. I mean, kind of try to feel better about that, but I do want to – I'm like, all right, these are limited things. Surely I can read these, you know, read these many issues. So I do have the second issue. Did you ever check out the second issue after – we need to talk about that after. Okay. okay. All right. Okay. All right. <laughs> All right. So the next thing I have um, is I have uh, the first 12 issues of Alpha Flight, the John Byrne Alpha Flight, sitting in my two. Now, I've read these before, but it has been a long time since I've read them. Now, every once in a while, I just get a, a wild hair. It's like I'm going to go back and reread something that I've read previously. So I just remember these being really, really good. Of course, John Byrne is Canadian, so he has a heart for Canadian characters. Um, and uh, so I just, you know, plus the artwork is going to be tremendous in it. Uh, you know, characters actually die and things happen here. So it's it's a it's a pretty serious story. Uh, so, yeah. So John Byrne, Alpha Flight, Canada. 
you know, what the heck? There you go. <laughs> so who are the creators of Alpha Flight? Alpha Flight. Well, they actually, I mean, came out in what Alpha Flight like 120 or excuse me, X Men 120 is like mm-hmm. the first, um, the first appearance of Alpha Flight, and of course Guardian. Uh, predated that, so I guess Guardian would be a Claremont, Claremont I was creation. That, yeah. Claremont, I'm trying to remember if that was with Cockrum or if that was already over to yeah. Burn at that yeah. point. Okay. Um, I feel it, like it would have been a thing Burn kind of champion. Yeah, I, would I, can't, have, I, I can't speak to it for sure. Yeah, I can't say 100, percent but I, I would be, I would, you know, kind of agree with you. I think you know Cochran was earlier on because he was like the you know the 94 through i just can't remember how far he right, got right. in before it switched over uh, to burn only there was a way to look this stuff yeah up. i know <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm pretty i'm pretty sure you know it, it would be burned and that would yeah. make sense you know and there's yeah. stories like from that you know like giant size x-men you know one and uh, issue 94 where like there was actually talk of killing wolverine and the whole the you know again apocryphal is one of the reasons why it's because wolverine was a canadian oh, and yeah. john byrne didn't want to kill off one of the few canadians that right. was you know, of course, that was, you know, around that time frame, if he had any involvement, you know, because that was still Cochran Claremont at that point. Uh, Byrne wasn't on on that book, but maybe he was fighting for that character in the background or something like that. So, uh, but anyway, so, yeah, I just, it's just something that is uh, appeals to me. And I always liked those characters when I, I was reading that title off the shelf, you know, not too far into it, it, it coming out. Well, it was so. groundbreaking in more than one way. So yeah. I think that's, uh, that, that's a mm-hmm. good pick. Yeah. yeah. Round three. Back to me? Yes. Yep. Okay, uh, a little bit more contemporary than Phantom Lady number two. Um, it's the collected Batman White Knight. Well, there you go. Uh, by Sean Michael Murphy. Uh, I'm only halfway through it, um, and I, it shouldn't really count as a to read, but I'm not finished. So uh, all I can say is that I heard a lot of good things about it, um, and it's everything that was said and more so um i mean i don't normally pick up a lot of you know elseworld or you know out of continuity stuff with batman because there's so much and uh but this was worth uh the recommendation and um actually i didn't even buy it a guy i know out in utah loaned it to me (laughs) and uh i'm telling you um if if this kind of could double even for recommended reading come to the store and buy this trade you won't be disappointed. I don't care if you know all kinds of stuff about Batman or nothing. Yeah, you will love it. You didn't have Tyler texting you periodically about no, this I, like I did. He's been <laughs> off talk. Yeah, if, if that, yeah. When it comes to that stuff, I kind of yeah. have to put the brakes on. But yeah, Batman White Knight. Uh, for me, uh, I'm trying to think. Okay, so due to my busy October with Inktober and other things going on, I've got pretty behind on my current reading. You know new issues coming out so i've got back to detective comics i'm pretty much behind on all of james robinson's new run on the book mm-hmm. uh, i just read the first issue this morning but again detectives bi-weekly right now so there's quite a few issues coming out that i just <laughs> haven't gotten to yet and around oh it was during one year later he wrote batman back then too and it was a two-faced story which is what he's doing now and that was a really good story, so I was looking forward to this. I think I mentioned this on a previous previews episode when we saw this was coming out. But that's something I'm looking forward to reading is his uh, detective run. And we know from last month's solicitations that um, Pete Tomasi and Doug Mock are going to be taking over detective leading into 1000. So I know we're just going to have this couple-month window of James Robinson's run on here. So mm-hmm. I'm looking forward to a good story out of that. All right. All right, for my third and final one, there's a little bit more substantial here. I do have uh, – <laughs> um, I had been recommending this to, 
to several people and who have ended up picking up a trade. And then with the Captain Marvel uh, movie coming out and the rumor that looks like it's not true that uh, Jude Law, is that who it is? And is, I was going to pay this was rumored to play Marvel, yeah, the original yeah. Captain Marvel. Okay, I don't know if that's going to be the case or not, but this was, um, but this is a trade. It's an epic collection just of Jim Starlin's Captain Marvel okay. saga. And uh, I had recommended, probably sold, I sold several of these just based on the fact that I was recommending it. It's just like, I really need to read this again because <laughs> right. this was like some of my favorite stuff when I was, you uh-huh. know, so it's just like the nostalgia maybe motivate me to start reading again, you know, and see, oh, does this stand, hold up, you know yep. what I mean, and everything else like that. So I do, uh, it is one of those epic collections. You get the, pretty much the whole run. It was one of the first kind of space opera, operatic, mm-hmm. you know, we were talking about the cosmic, you know, cosmic stuff mm-hmm. earlier, you know, and that it all starts off with the Iron Man issue the first issue is iron man 55 which is the first appearance of thanos first appearance of drax the destroyer mm-hmm. not as we know him now yeah. that old cheesy you know drax which is my drax I'm and the blood sorry. brothers yeah and the blood brothers <laughs> right so i do want to go back and reread that stuff and see if uh and just kind of you know wax nostalgic for a bit and just because i really i love that stuff back when i was you know a teenager so that's in my pile uh, this this was tough to like narrow it down because there's like lots of things that I would like to mention. I'm just gonna go ahead and say a few. Like I'm reading like early Tomb of Dracula right now. It's like I'm working on one of those trades and and I I, I, I had, we had there's a guy I met at a convention last summer or summer before last and he was into Ultraverse. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So like I just found a stack <laughs> of Ultraverse books and and hand them to him. And I said you just give me something that's a good read that I should read. Like, I don't care what it is. Just give me a good read for this book because those are not particularly valuable. So he gave me, was it Seven Soldiers of Victory? Uh, he yeah. gave me that complete, ser- yeah, mm-hmm. that complete series. I've got that sitting in my to-read pile. Mm-hmm. Dan had before mentioned Batman Gates of Gotham. Of course, i got Avengers Forever in there. But the, the last one I'm going to mention is I have Jim's Son of Saturn, issues 1 through 12. So that was a Gene Colan artwork. It was actually originally supposed to be a Martian Manhunter story, and I guess it just didn't fit with the character for some reason. So uh, we had this the telepathic, you know, uh, alien interacting with the with the young kid. Uh, I I had fond memories of that as a child. And I thought I just want to I want to revisit that story. So it is it is I have I've managed to track down all twelve issues through buying various collections, and now I've got a complete set and set aside waiting to be read. So. <laughs> Nice. Yeah. All right. So that is just a glimpse into their read piles, but yes. you saw my entire read pile. <laughs> yeah. well, let's, all right. Let's move past them. Yeah. So, anyway. uh, hey, I, I wish mine were only three books. <laughs> this is getting to be a slog, getting through uh, some of this stuff. Okay. The next topic we're going to move on into is uh, what is your favorite out-of-continuity story by either Marvel or DC? Um, Dan, you want to start us off on that one? Yeah, uh, I don't know if it's my, necessarily my favorite, mm-hmm. but I, one that's really up there that I don't think you hear about enough is Superman The Dark Side. This was an Elseworlds that DC produced. Um, they did several Superman Elseworlds, which are, which are just sort of based on, what if Superman came to Gotham? You've got Speeding Bullet, where he basically becomes that version of mm-hmm. Batman, things like that. This one in particular is, what if Superman landed on Apocalypse? Mm-hmm. So after the destruction of Krypton, his rocket gets redirected to Apocalypse, I think intentionally by Desaad, if I remember correctly. It's been a while since I read the story. But Darkseid adopts him and raises him, and uh, eventually he becomes like a gladiator. And he's got this really cool kind of black suit and an S that's almost like a lightning bolt on his chest. 
and uh, it's just, he's got like a costume with like a full face mask and everything. It's a really kind of darker take on Superman. Mm-hmm. And again, it's like, you know, it's back to the nature nurture question. You know, it's like, would he be the hero if he was raised on Apocalypse? Mm-hmm. And eventually Darkseid, you know, as he does, decides to invade Earth. <laughs> so Superman is at the forefront of this invasion. He has this super powerful guy that works for him now. And, you know... Again, I might, I'm a little fuzzy on the details because it's been so long since I've read this, but I feel like during the course of the story, he re- he still meets Lois Lane, and I think that kind of turns him. You know, he uh, realizes, I, like, hey, this isn't the right thing to be doing. I'm not supposed to be. That sounds a lot like FF uh, 48 through 50 that we talked about <laughs> in the previous podcast. Right. <laughs> yeah, well, there you go. There's some influence there. there you go. <laughs> but, yeah, I'm not sure if this story is still in trade. Um have you ever but, heard of you? Are you aware of it? Like, no, it sounds yeah, like yeah, uh, see, that's the, the Superman thing. Red Sun on steroids. I mean, a what's worse bit. than communist Russia? Yeah, exactly. Uh, Dark Again, an, an, another, <laughs> another Elseworlds, though, kind of following yeah. that formula, but yeah. just in Russia. I love that, though. I, look, yeah. Who, who, who are the creators? Oh, sorry. <laughs> Man, it, uh, you can look it up. I'll look, look it up. up. I'll look it up. It sounds like I have some It's, it's so. worth going. And the thing is, too, this was sort of late 90s. There was just so much stuff coming out yeah. back then. And DC was doing a lot of Elseworlds yeah. and you know, a lot of miniseries and different things. So I think it kind of got lost in the shuffle. Mm-hmm. I know they did end up making a couple action figures based on Superman from that story, too. So mm-hmm. there is one of the, you know, the black armored version, which I think goes for quite a bit now, if you mm-hmm. can find it. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's a really cool story. And again, I don't think it gets enough praise that it probably should. What'd you say, Superman Dark Side? Yeah, Superman the Dark Side. The Dark Side. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. All right. As a well, kid, you know how really I pronounce cool. Dark Side? Dark Seed. Dark Seed. Yeah. Yep. yeah. I think a bunch of us did. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, there's there's a story you know going around about some young kid at a convention with Kirby, and, and he goes up to Kirby and starts going on and on and on about about Dark Seed, Dark Seed, Dark Seed. And you know, here's the creator, and he the story is Kirby. <laughs> Never corrects him, and when he's talking to that kid, it's dark seed. You know? oh, so it's just, it's just kind of, yeah, it is kind of one of those cool things that you hear. You know, again, yeah. could be apocryphal. Yeah. Right. The word of the day, folks, is apocryphal. <laughs> that is a great story. Whether it's true, I'll tell you, that's what you hope it's true. true. You, take, true. you know yeah. what? No one's going to mispronounce apocalypse. Yeah. <laughs> no, I can only spell it. Yeah. Nice. Good one. Yeah. Well, Dan said something about. This was uh, an Elseworlds story, yeah. so I think I'll just jump in with mine, and mine was what is now retconned, I guess, into being considered the first Elseworlds story, Else, Elseworlds story, and that's uh, Gotham by Gaslight, which is a yeah. Batman uh-huh. story. Um, it's uh, and basically what it is is it takes place in the late 19th century, you know, 1890 something, possibly like that, and basically what it amounts to is a uh, Bruce Wayne, you know, this is all taking place in that time frame has traveled to Europe setting and under Freud blah 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 all this stuff you know and then he comes back encounters a family friend you know on the journey back and uh, about the time that uh, Bruce gets back into Gotham and uh, the, the this universe's version of the Joker is created and the, there's gangs like running rush out over the streets so Bruce takes on the guise of mm-hmm. Batman you know, becomes the vigilante because he's, you know, revisiting his parents' death and all this stuff. It's all part of that, just set in a different time setting. And then at the same time, these killings start taking place in Gotham City. So basically what it amounts to is, is the time setting. It's basically Jack the Ripper mm-hmm. in Gotham City and with Batman being accused of being the Ripper. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and it's yeah. just a kind of a, a yeah. crime story Yeah, like because that. Bruce Wayne can't account for his nights exactly yes. 
Yeah, right. and he shows back in town at approximately the same time that the killing yeah. starts. starts. So it's a little. Yeah, and yeah. Then I think in there like a some a knife or something found mm-hmm. in Brute yeah. and Wayne yeah. Manor or something like that that implicates him even further. Mm-hmm. So it's all this stuff, you know. So it won't spoil the ending of it. So read it, check it out. I'll, I'll say I'll say this about the ending: if you've seen the animated movie they've done, it's a different, different ending, ending. Yes. than the original okay. novel. Yes. So okay. yeah, they changed who Jack the Ripper is in the cartoon mm-hmm. as opposed to who it was in the original book. Yep. Okay. So, so yeah, so you can you have to read read it, one so. and watch the other, mm-hmm. so you get two different yeah. stories. Yeah, we won't spoil it. Yeah. So, but anyway, good story. <laughs> I tell you what, that's something they should add to the black label. It's Gotham, Gotham by Gaslight. Gaslight. They, they yeah. probably will. I, don't I can't imagine you, I don't they won't. why you wouldn't, especially yeah. now with the cartoon and everything. Yeah, they're 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 taking their time with all the black label yeah. titles. We're not. Mm-hmm. There's no rush to get new stuff out on that right. label. So, yeah. but yeah, just the, sure. the stuff they're rebranding with that. You know, I feel like that's one that should definitely be a part of that line. Yeah, for sure. Agreed. So, like Scott, you want to wrestle for it? Oh, Who's next? Okay. Fight. Uh, all right. So, <laughs> since we ha- we don't have a Marvel uh, uh, choice so far, I'm gonna I'm gonna go with uh, Earth X. So, I think the most appealing part of Earth X to me is we have this uh, kind of an alternate version of Captain America, a little bit more disenfranchised and and but what basically the Earth X uh, story is is like the reason why we have super powered heroes on earth is because earth is basically an egg for a celestial and at some point that celestial is going to birth forth and all of the superheroes are there to protect the celestial or yeah the celestial egg from attack from outside forces that's why we have all the superpowered beings on this planet that you don't see on other planets so it's just it's a it's just a very interesting take on superheroes you you know you see super versions of things that you would happen you know thing alicia masters get married and they have kids and there's uh, uh, reed richards as going around in the dr doom armor and and uh, it's just it's just a very interesting future take um, on the characters and and specifically the the uh, you know again the portrayal of, of captain america in that story him be also being my favorite character uh, is also just appeals to me on that story so it's a nice alternate version of cap I really want to read that. That's yeah, two good. of your mm-hmm. picks. I, I've I've read yours, but I haven't read you guys'. So. <laughs> oh no, I haven't read yours either. That's uh, all three. See, you got yeah. new stuff to read. Three. So real oh, quick man. though, so Earth X kind of came out in the wake of another out of continuity story with DC mm-hmm. Kingdom Come, mm-hmm. and Alex Ross did kind of shepherd this. He did character designs, did mm-hmm. the covers and things, and we got some really nice art by Jean Paul Leon. Do you wish Alex Ross would have painted this book? Do I wish? Yeah. Oh, when you no. when you read it, no. Because I am actually not a huge Alex Ross fan. Oh, okay. I mean, I like the art. But at the time, I thought it was weird that he wasn't. But again, it's a bigger series, Mm -hmm. and he's still doing character designs and stuff Mm -hmm. like that. Yeah, Yeah. I'm actually not a huge Alex Ross fan. To me, it's, it's, you know, it's, it's... you know he's looking at stuff and painting you know so it's a little bit different take it's not a, you mm-hmm. know a, a pure uh, I've, from I've, his mind art i've heard he form. does do that sometimes he though. does that a lot i mean yeah, they, yeah. they actually show the photos right. of the people the right. models that yeah. he has that yeah. he that he is painting well i've heard he i've heard yeah. he can sketch <laughs> from memory though oh, too he, you know. i i am certain so, that he yeah. can i am certain that he can mm-hmm. but um there's more to my there's more to my dislike of alex ross mm-hmm. than just that and i'm gonna <laughs> but, leave it to okay okay but i will also say in response here it actually put me off from reading that book oh really you, you know because i just came like i said before kingdom comes what got me back into comics mm-hmm. when i heard he was basically doing the same thing for marvel I'm right like, awesome uh, yeah. i went you see the covers open up the art i need to go back and look at it again because i'm like nope yeah you and know. i'm not i'm not trying to put down this story it's a great story right. i really enjoy it uh-huh 
another weird kind of side note thing is the way they presented this story mm-hmm. was back in the day. The way they promoted this was a sketchbook in Wizard magazine, mm-hmm. and the story there I've was Wizard mm-hmm. asked him to do his version of Kingdom Come for Marvel. Uh-huh. That's not what happened. Right, <laughs> Marvel asked him to do uh-huh. the Kingdom Come version for Marvel, and they kind of slid it in. Wizard kind of helped out with the promotion of that book, so okay. it wouldn't look like they were just straight up so, aping Kingdom right. Come. Okay. So, <laughs> but it's still a great book either yeah. way. I don't care. Right, right. You know, just do this book. Yeah, because <laughs> it's, it's a really good read. Gotcha. And I, yeah, no spoilers or anything, but there's so many cool concepts in that mm-hmm. book. Yeah, yeah. You know, right. So yeah, I'll, I'll I need to add that to my read. Yeah, and I, re- <laughs> I really <laughs> do too. Yeah. I do too. And I don't. As much as I loved him in Kingdom Come, um, and I love his covers and his mm-hmm. posters and his he he. I don't know that his storytelling he's is, not is, that is no. He's it's um. So I'm not put off. Although unless you are comparing, you know kingdom come to it and thinking you're gonna yes. get the exact same thing i can see we're going oh man yeah this but, is yeah. and i, and I don't yeah. think that's a detriment to the story yeah, yeah. i think no, i think no. it's still its own where thing. I was at at the oh time. for sure you but know because i was yeah. probably due to what you said in wizard like, yeah i mean i mm-hmm. i i thought that you know yeah. what i mean so then when i went to pick it up and the interiors looked like it did i'm like uh, well, but if you, yeah probably the big difference i guess between kingdom come and earth x is that in kingdom come you get future versions of the the main dc heroes and it's kind of actually them as if they'd gone through their life in more in a more positive later, fashion, yeah. right. whereas the characters in Marvel, it's a very they're almost all more gone more negative from their their views. It's a more negative take on. I mean, you have the you know Reed Richards and Doctor Doom's armor. He doesn't stretch anymore. Well, it's, there's a little right, yeah, thing yeah, about yeah. that. I mean, it's spoilers. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So there's there's a whole little scene with that. You know, it's it's a. Uh, it's. I mean, everybody's super powered in in uh, Earth X instead what, of just what's being. What's the significance select. of the X? Uh, I feel like that's kind of a spoiler for okay, the story. Okay, okay. Because for, when I see Earth X, I think of quality heroes. They came oh, out yeah, the yeah. DC acquired them, and that was part of the multiverse. So yeah, yeah it's not freedom that fighters. <laughs> and it actually became a. Whole, there was Earth X, Paradise X, and Universe X. And yeah. I've actually only read Earth X. I haven't read either of the I other two stories. I started to read stories. Universe, I think, and I never picked up Paradise. Yeah. So I can't yeah, I, mean, I, I had the order I wrong, go, probably. I, I can't remember, I, yeah, man. But, but uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's been so long since this stuff came out. Yeah. But actually, I met, uh, well, uh, Bill Reinhold at a convention. I actually had him do a sketch of the EarthX oh, yeah. cap, cap because, you know, that's... You know, I just thought it was a pretty. I mean, it's him wearing a literal flag, flag you know, mm-hmm. so it's... Uh, what did you think of the scar? Yeah. Yeah. It's... Yeah. <laughs> It's a nice, it's a nice take on Cap. Yeah, so, yeah. yeah. Michael, uh, Justice League: The Nail came out in the late nineties. Yeah. Elseworlds, Elseworlds, um, umbrella title, mm-hmm. and it, to me, it represented everything I love about superhero comics. Mm-hmm. I the, mean, the lack of Superman. Yeah. Well, I <laughs> know <laughs> just everything that happened because of the lack of Superman. Now, right. uh, of course, I love. If comic literature has a reference from true literature, like a poem, I think it adds a little something to it. So the poem where this is come, comes from is, For want of a nail, the shoe was lost. For want of a shoe, the horse was lost. For want of a horse, the knight was lost. For want of a knight, the battle was lost. So it was a kingdom was lost, all for the want of a nail. Mm-hmm. Of course, the nail represents Superman because Ma and Paul Kent driving down that dirt road had a nail. 
stick, you know, that gave him a flat tire, mm-hmm. oh, wow. and they never got baby Kal-El. <laughs> that's, that's the basic <laughs> I, premise. I had never heard of this story before. Oh, yeah. So. yeah. Uh, it's, it's Alan Davis, right? Alan Davis, that? Mark Farmer. I was it was, uh, I was lucky enough to meet them last year at C2E2 and have them sign my oh, cool. additions. And uh, I just, uh, just it to me, it's one of my prized possessions. I mean, it's one of them deals where you think, okay, if there's a fire, which comics would I grab? First? <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and now that it's, I mean, obviously I could always get another copy, but the signed editions, oh, it would yeah, be in that sure, stack sure. of, okay, this is what I would grab first. Mm-hmm. So uh, it is, it's a, it's a consummate superhero comic book. It, it brings in so many characters from the DC universe. I love that, that uh, type of story, you know. Um, it also feels like he's referencing a specific era of DC. Too, sure, like it's, the character designs and things yes, like that. More of a classic version. Yeah, Silver Age. Uh, yeah, definitely Silver Age uh, <laughs> feel to it. Um, you know, and, and it wasn't. It was around that time that um, JLA Year One came out too by y, uh, by Mark Wade and um, uh, Barry Kitson. So it had that same feel to it. So a lot of uh, nostalgia involved. Mm-hmm. So yeah, anybody gets a chance buy that trade from Mike from Mike No here at Campus Comics. Yeah, I'm, I, I added that to my list here. Add Superman the Dark Side to my list. I'm yeah. gonna try yeah, to track those I was, That's when I was buying every JLA book. <laughs> Pick those and up. There were lots of them. There JLA, was a lot. JLA colon. Finally, I remember telling Dennis, "Don't let me buy anything with a colon behind the main title." <laughs> 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 did, you, did you guys have any alternates you wanted to name off? Just oh, man. Uh, <laughs> I probably shouldn't. Yeah. <laughs> DC's done so... DC's done... Just by themselves have done so many out-of-continuity stories. Yeah. You know, but I mean, the and then there are, a lot of them are really, really good. You know, yeah. with those out-of-continuity stories, yeah. they can tell... They can tell sometimes better stories because they don't have to worry about be beholden yes to yeah, any exactly. of those late 90s Green Lantern, when Kyle Rayner was Green Lantern, and they did a lot of... Um, alternate Elseworlds, Elseworlds titles with him, I thought were good. I can't remember any of the titles off the top of my head, and I bought a lot of them as well. <laughs> um, Chris Moeller did a Justice League book. What was that a called? League of the One, God, the Wonder Woman a, story. A League of One, where yes. she's fighting the dragon. Yes. Yeah. Lord have mercy, the art in that. I mean, he wrote it as well, but yeah, the art painted. is is gorgeous. So that's an alternate, I guess. Uh, a League of One. I mean, Kingdom Come is kind of the obvious yeah, one. We've yeah, talked about we that talked on about here before. before. Mm-hmm. You know, that's Red Sun's sort of, another yeah. good off one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm trying to think of some more Marvel ones. Right. Well, I, I had, I mean, I had Marvels on my list, which is oh, kind of an alternate yeah. origin yeah, yeah, yeah. for the Marvel Universe four-issue series. Kurt Busiek mm-hmm. uh, story from the eyes of a reporter. I mean, mm-hmm. it's 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 really really good. I, I you know you can't and, talk about these and not talk about Frank Miller's Dark Knight Returns. Oh, yeah. And I even actually enjoyed. DK3, The Master Race. I may be in the minority on that one, but I actually enjoyed that. I think I would have liked it, but I, I just I, I lost interest because of the it's time so between. Time. Yeah, so I, I may get it in one big collective yeah, edition get it and one, like it. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and then Sandman. Oh, I mean, gosh. Sandman is really kind of technically wow. outside, of, and especially the first trade of Sandman, where all, not all, but a lot of DC characters are there, and it's like how they, how they see Morpheus. You know, it's, it's mm-hmm. kind of interesting how he has his interactions, which I guess are, you know, being a vertical tile, and Dan has spoken to this before, it's, it really was outside of continuity, even though, you know, Etrigan and, and Martian Manhunter and, are showing up in, in those stories. So, well, you know, just, my alts. just as we're talking about this, I'm just remembering what you said on a previous episode as far as, like, 
why there aren't that many what ifs anymore because Marvel just does everything in continuity now. They do the <laughs> yeah. crazy stuff. Yeah. They do the crazy right. what if just as in the monthly books well, now. Well, well yeah. I would say the opposite is there is no longer any Marvel continuity. There used to be yeah. tight continuity when Stan Lee was right. at the helm. You had very very tight continuity, and that continued through Roy Thomas. And now they're to the yes. age. They're to that age where they're like DC was pre-crisis, where it's yeah. just it's, it's gotten free for all. it's it's gotten too much, and they they need to clean it up. But they're just. Yeah. Yeah, I really like that yeah. what if where Cap's in charge of Hydra. Yeah. Guess what? <laughs> it's yeah. not a what if. Yeah. No, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know? What if Jane Foster had found Thor's yeah, hammer? Exactly. Well, yeah, exactly. yeah. 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 Oh, that was a great yeah. run, too. Oh, oh that was so, so good. Yeah, I guess that's yeah. kind of how it plays out now with Marvel. Mm-hmm. Uh, having said that, though, the recent what ifs they released, the uh, Thor, what if Thor was raised by the Frost Giants, was a really good one shot issue. Mm-hmm. So that's a <laughs> more recent out of continuity story that was pretty good. And they're bringing back what if when there's yeah. what if in last last month's previews. Mm-hmm. So got a so few something to look forward to. It's yep. awesome. All right. Well, I'm going to shake up the order here because Scott talked about something. What? Um, I don't know. Let's see. A couple more topics here. Um, I don't know how you all feel, but let's go ahead and just jump into recommend a trade. You don't want, you want to say that for the last and, and do yeah, the, okay, uh, let's do let's that. Do, let's be in on a positive note. Okay, yeah, <laughs> let's do that. okay. This is this is the one that Mike probably regrets suggesting. <laughs> so of course I picked it, you know. But no, it, it's from my, you know, basically the reason I picked it, it's from my perspective. And his topic was what needs to happen for the industry, the comics industry. Um, for sustain- sustainability within the comics industry, you know, right. what, to keep it going as we know it. Uh, as you know, the you know, like we've talked about previously, the movies are wildly successful. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? But what do we need? What needs to be done? If any of you have any opinions, I certainly do. Whoa. You know about um, <laughs> what needs to happen to keep the comic book industry sustainable. Do you, uh, who wants to start? Do you have anything, Mike? I. I I racked my brain on this um, all the way down here, and it doesn't take much to rack my brain. But uh, I, I think I've come to the conclusion that instead of looking at this from a consumer angle, which is what I was doing for the first 20 minutes, um, is think of it from those that provide readers like us, consumers like us, the opportunity to read these in a in a in a serial fashion, not going through some subscription service where you're going to get a batch every month and you're you're going to be spoiled by the internet if you are even online at all and i don't like that i like the serial aspect of reading comics so that to me means um the big two publishers need to recognize the value of brick and mortar stores i know that's a very abstract way of describing it Mm -hmm. but they need to recognize that value and then give these stores like Mike's here at Campus Comics, it's due so that they can. They, they, these stores want this industry to succeed. It's not just about you know bringing home the bacon. It's about this is a passion for many owners. So uh, that's the best way I can sum it up: is make the, the two big publishers who have they have all the cards, them and Diamond, but the publishers really can make this happen. I think. Um, and I'm sorry, I can't be more artic- articulate than that, but that's the way I feel. Mm-hmm. Dan, have you got I anything? I mean, I think I think the hard answer that no one want, really wants to say out loud 
is that we obviously need more Walmart exclusive comic books. <laughs> <laughs> that's what's going to turn the industry around. That's what's going to really fix right. everything. <laughs> yeah, hold it back. Hold it back. From Dan. Oh, I'm <laughs> lying. <laughs> about to I'm it. laughing at the nonsensical nature of this thing. I mean, yeah, I mean, that's the thing. It is a business, and that's mm-hmm. what people don't always think about. You know, it's like people ask why there aren't certain comics or why this isn't being made. It's like if people were buying them, it would be, it would be made. You know, yeah. that's a thing. Mm-hmm. I mean, with comics, you mm-hmm. vote with your dollars. Yeah. That's, I mean, that's yeah. not always the answer we want to think about or acknowledge, mm-hmm. but that's the truth of the situation. Sure. Mm-hmm. And yeah, you know, Mike, what Mike was speaking to of the serialized nature, that's what's kept the industry afloat for so many mm-hmm. years, you know, for 80 years or whatever. It's that people are coming in every month and buying these books. Mm-hmm. Yep. You know, and again, there's so, and you know, we're talking about how popular these movies are now and how people that don't read comics go see these movies. That's really what got me into collecting was the 89 Batman movie. Mm-hmm. I saw this as a kid. I'm like, I want more of this. And at the time, that meant comic books. Now, though, maybe that means the Arkham Asylum games. Right. Maybe this mm-hmm. meant Absolutely. Batman the Animated Series. Mm-hmm. You know, there's just so many other forms that this entertainment takes now. Mm-hmm. It's not just solely comic books like it used to be. Right. You know, so it's like, how do you direct these energies and, you know, this desire of people coming here? And a lot, and again, a lot of this is on the publishers. Mm-hmm. Look at what we had this last year with Black Panther. Yes. How many guys came into the oh, store who'd never been in here before, before right. the movie, uh-huh. wanting Black Panther anything? Yes. They didn't just want comics. They said, any merchandise you had, mm-hmm. what did we have to sell them? Nothing. That's the thing. Yeah. Like, they did a very poor job promoting that movie ahead of time. Yeah, there's stuff now. There's stuff now, almost yeah. a year later, you know, right. we're going to get, mm-hmm. which is ridiculous. Right. In this, in this, Promote this era of synergy, uh-huh. and as many comp- as many cogs are in this wheel of Marvel now, mm-hmm. how do you not do that? Right. You know, were, were they really thinking a black superhero movie is not going to be successful? Yeah. They made a good Guardians of the Galaxy movie. Uh-huh. You know, how did they not think that Black Panther was going to be at least a successful film? <coughs> Steel. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. Meteor but. Man. <laughs> but you know what I mean? Right. It's just like, mm-hmm. you know, Marvel's cracked the code on that stuff. Oh, yeah, for sure. And it's just like... Mm-hmm. It feels like the left hand doesn't know what the right hand is doing. Right. Like the machine has gotten too big yeah. with some of this and, stuff. You know, and I think too. I think Marvel is doing some course correction now, but you know, Marvel. But are we going to get those people back in here? Right. Exactly. Now, you know? But yeah, I mean, it's kind of too late now because what Marvel was doing is a hugely successful movies, and people would come in. I want Iron Man. Well, do you realize that the Iron Man book is now being led by a teenage mm-hmm. black girl? Right. You know, I like Thor. Oh, it's that female, remember uh, female yeah. Thor. And again, yeah. these are good stories, oh, yeah, but absolutely. is this what people are wanting exactly. when they come in after the America? Oh, he's a bad guy. Yeah, yeah you don't want a bait and switch. You yeah. want it to be yeah. representative. People come of, in yeah. looking right. for that stuff. Look at, you okay, can't give them that. look what's going on with Aquaman right now. Right. Have you you know you got the Kelly Sue Kelly Sue DeConnick run coming uh-huh. up? The promo image is a shirtless, long-haired, bearded Aquaman with yes. a wave cresting behind him. Uh-huh. It looks exactly like the Jason Momoa yes. trailers and yeah. art for that. And even some of the variant covers this week look very suspiciously yeah. like Jason yeah. Momoa. Yeah, exactly. You know, you know DC so knows where they're going with yeah. that. But it, my but my thing on that is. I want to see the comics in the films. I don't want to see the films put right. into the comics. Sure. I feel like right. we're getting more of the. We should be seeing a this, more closer representation, the which which is like show. yeah, which is like where we actually have 
we're going to see Aquaman in the orange and green. I mean, right. supposedly that's going to happen. Yeah. Yeah. So, it's in the trailer. And so I, we yeah, better. yeah, so, well, you know, but so was uh, Hulk in that scene in Infinity War, and right. he, he wasn't right. there, you yeah, know. So. That, if that shot is the last shot of the movie, I'm going to be upset. <laughs> yeah. I, I get a feeling that might be what that is. Yeah. yeah. So so what we have are the publishers catering, trying to, ca- trying yes. to right. cater to the movie fans, but those are not the ones that are still at the comic Here's, book shops right. buying exactly. the comics. I think that, yeah. that is, de- you know what you, how you can see that? and how that is so true is when Marvel went from the when the intro to the movies went from the flipping the <laughs> mm-hmm. comic pages right. to images from, from the, the movies. previous movies yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and that, and that hurt my heart a little bit when I oh, that's, yeah. that's Kevin Feige breaking off from Marvel Oh, where he doesn't report to the Marvel chain of command now he promote he Disney. you know pro, mm-hmm. you know Disney or is under the call of Disney yeah, yeah. and and that's, that's the thing too and I know other guys in the store have said this for years how hard would it be before this movie starts to throw up a little thing on screen of check your local comic shop mm-hmm. throw up right. the comic book locator yes. number hey uh, yes dance you know? with the one who brung you right yeah and it's, exactly. and it's the and it's the comic local comic book shop that is that is and folks that's a southern illinois keep harping on dan joked about the the marvel or the walmart exclusive books right and that's why that's kind of you know at first i was okay with it now i mean what am i going to do you know i mean right. it's not going to be a hugely profitable category for walmart mm-hmm. so i not, don't think it's going to last yeah you know but on the other hand you know for 30 some odd years stores mm-hmm. like this would have carried that torch right. you know what i mean yeah, exactly just to be thrown under the bus you know what i mean yeah. or if kind of feel like it you know by the publishers you know right. and the distributor i mean hopefully nobody from diamond listens to this <laughs> but, <laughs> You know, but I mean, but I don't think they're unaware of how yeah. people feel, you know. And did you have some? Because I'm. Oh, I, no, you keep. I've got okay. tons of stuff to okay. say. So you go as long as you want. So, so to me, uh, one of the things that needs to happen is Mike and I, Atchison and I were having this discussion earlier is, you know, do I want to be the only comic shop in the area? Of course I do. But that's not the truth. And competition is always good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Competition is always good for the consumer. And then mm-hmm. it, ultimately, if it's good for the consumer, it's good for the, the business mm-hmm. itself. So, I mean, I really think for sustainability of this, I really think somehow we need to get Diamond Stranglehold off of distribution of comics. Right. You know, there needs to be some an alternative to create the need to serve the stores better, mm-hmm. not only from the distribu- from the publishers but also from the distributors you know to do better service you know i generally i'm happy you know with Mm -hmm. my diamond service i you know there's always there's little things but i mean i've not had major things and for the most part i don't deal with i hear a lot of other shops dealing with of just simply not getting the books they ordered right you know so that tends to happen don't not to happen but i think number one i think that cannot do anything but be good you know Mm -hmm. for the comic book industry, you know, would be have multiple sources that you can get this stuff. Yeah. I mean, because groups like what, like alliances, but I yes. hear I, that's one of the like, whenever I talk to comic shops mm-hmm. and they don't get product in. A lot of times there were alliance customers and they yes. just, they don't they don't get it. So it's like, well, this didn't show up. We'll get it in a couple of weeks. Yeah. Whatever. Yeah. So, yeah. Yep. But it's gone. Mm-hmm. There's an, there's no the other thing, and this may sound stupid from a retailer point of view, but both the big two. You know, because independent things like Image and they're they're their own thing, but the big two, Marvel and DC, what they really need to do, in my opinion, is cut down the number of titles. Yes, that's on my list. <laughs> there are too many titles. Yeah. You know, to them, to 
bean counter kind of guys, you know, it seems like, well, the more books you have out there, the more you're going to sell, you right. know. But for the most part, it's a very niche market, mm-hmm. you know. And what happens or has happened in the 1990s, what happened is just this huge glut of titles that are coming out there. And eventually, people have bought all they can afford to buy. Oh, right? yeah. You know what I mean? It's just like, so if, <clears throat> if you just have to buy so many issues of all these books to get a story mm-hmm. what's going to happen you're going to stop buying and you're probably mm-hmm. not going to just drastically cut your list back you're pro- a lot of people are just going to stop mm-hmm. buying right. so i really think you know those days of having i mean i really think both companies should have 20 titles you know what i mean and that might even be too many probably too so, many i mean like okay Max. when dc their their first reboot mm-hmm. the new 52 why did they choose the number 52 because there were 52 dc bucks. titles which is absurd mm-hmm. i mean exactly what you know mike's saying is that you know most readers i suspect read five to ten titles mm-hmm. you know per month you know if that and uh, there's just too many out there that they just can't they just can't choose to pick up. Whenever I was, you know, going back to the '80s, you know, when we talked about New Universe, you know, quite a while back, I had quite a few books that I was reading at that time. You know, I was 14, 15 years old, and New Universe was coming out, and it was it was eight new titles. But at 14, 15, I had the budget. Oh, you know what? It's at 50 cents a book. Mm-hmm. I was adding four dollars a month to my total. That's, that's more than you know. That's, that's one book now. <laughs> I could I could read all the new universe right. titles plus everything that I wanted to read. It was affordable. Mm-hmm. And now with the price being as high as it is, it's it's just not it's just not affordable well, to add eight books. Even uh-huh. even not that long ago with Marvel's Ultimate Universe, mm-hmm. for a long time it was four books. Yes, right. I'm not a big Marvel reader, but you know Ultimate Spider-Man started getting really good reviews. I picked it up. I really liked it. Uh, Ultimate X-Men when Mark Millar started writing that was really strong I'm like you know what I can get this whole pocket of the Marvel Universe and I can afford four extra books a month and they were for a long time they were really quality books Mm -hmm. and so I bought every Ultimate book for a long time Mm -hmm. you know and it was it was nice just having this like this is everything right you know this is its own continuity it's really fun to just be able to read everything here Mm-hmm. You know, and I was kind of getting a condensed version of the Marvel Universe for a while. Right. Again, can't do that now. No, and, you yeah. know, the ultimate line's I mean, gone. I mean, now, I mean, just you just look at an event, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? It's just like, take, for instance, Spider-Geddon, you yeah. know, is an ongoing Spider-Man event right now, not an ongoing event. But it's just like you've got the main title. Then you've got, you know, it's a Vault of Spiders, Spider-Force, Spider-Girls. You know what I mean? You right. have Spider-Gwen, Silk. This yeah. Miles Morales Spider-Man. I mean, it just goes on and on. Friendly titles. Neighborhood Spider-Man. You've Spectacular. Got ten titles mm-hmm. tying into just one event to mm-hmm. one character, pocket character yeah. of the universe. Yeah. And that doesn't even include Amazing Spider-Man. It's not even part of that. Yeah. The, the other <laughs> flagship title, Amazing. Yeah, and again, I think yeah. this kind of comes back to, you know, you hear consumers complain about this stuff. Uh-huh. But again, you vote with your dollars. Exactly. If you don't buy this, they'll see it's not profitable. Mm-hmm. But the thing is, people are getting them. Yeah. You know, there's completionists. That's you know the mindset the industry has kind of created over the years, mm-hmm. and people pick them up. You know, so yeah. they're gonna I'm keep doing that myself. Them. Yeah, I, we've all done it. Oh, there's you know? no way I would have gotten um, all of the Drowned Earth or the yeah. uh, Wonder yeah. Woman um, JLA Dark. JLA Dark. If I wasn't like you know just compulsive in my buying with those titles and mm-hmm. and turns out that jla dark wonder woman story wasn't really that good oh yeah <laughs> yeah um so i'm kick myself for it but you're right dan yeah you know uh but you know what the thing of it is you're 
you're you're voting with your dollars, but that hurts. It doesn't just hurt. It doesn't, that, that's the yeah. thing. I mean, it, mm-hmm. you try not to hurt. Your, you feel loyal to a store. You feel loyal sure. to a brand. You feel mm-hmm. loyal to a the character. Other, well, whatever. the other part, the other part of that is too, though. There's such a glut of you know Marvel and DC books that it's like I know there are indie books out there I would want to read. Yeah. Uh-huh. But again, I only have X amount of sure, money to spend, absolutely. and so an X amount of time. You know, and I've been buying Batman my whole life. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm mm-hmm. gonna pick up the Batman books. Yeah. But then it's like. I couldn't even tell you what it is, but I know there's probably a good indie book out there I'm not reading just because I've spent my money. Yeah, sure. I don't have the extra to, to give another $4 book or $5 mm-hmm. book or whatever. If but I was more disciplined, pro- I'd buy the Saga trades. I, I right, bought yeah. the first one. Yeah, maybe that's Great it. stories, yeah. but I'm not because I'm compelled to, you know, to buy these right. DC titles and... Mm-hmm. I really wish I needed. And I'm sure that's better. part of their concern is that if they aren't, if DC's not putting out 52 titles, Your then dollars are going then, then yeah. you know, okay, oh, instead of sure. instead of moving, you know, they drop. I'm trying to think of a. I can't even come up with a. I'm looking here for like a DC title that maybe is a low seller or okay, so I'll switch over to Marvel. Uh-huh. So like Silver Surfer was a low seller, even though it was a very popular book. Oh, yeah. When they drop that title, well, what happens if? You know, instead of picking up another Marvel title, you pick up a DC title or an yeah, Image sure. title or a Dark Horse oh, yeah, it's, title. Oh, yeah, definitely calculated so, on their part. Yeah. Right. You know. Oh, for sure. But but I think that you know people who typically read Marvel are primarily Marvel, and people who read DC are primarily DC. Mm-hmm. They read some of the other titles. So if they're you know if they have good crossovers, you know, then they're going to see you know Spider Man showing up in an issue of Avengers, and and they'll say they'll be reading Spider Man and Avengers, and mm-hmm. and they have. They can choose from that smaller pool, and they'll get more, and you'll see each individual book's sales numbers go up. Uh, I mean, because right. a book that sells a hundred thousand copies now is is huge. Uh, huge. huge. It just huge. doesn't that just doesn't happen hardly anymore. Mm-hmm. And we used to, I mean, you know, back in the Spawn one and X Men one, and and even the X Men titles, those were you know million books a month sometimes. Yeah. You know, yeah. so well, even back in the golden age too, you would oh, see yeah. that stuff. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, there was you know Captain Marvel at its peak was selling like four million copies. Yeah. You know, they so. kill for those numbers. Oh, Oh, yeah, oh, you yeah. can. Yeah. Uh, they'd kill yeah. all of us for those numbers. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. D- Dan mentioned something earlier that I had on my list, and it just bears repeating. You know, uh, you know, put in that, you know, t- at the very end. All the Marvel guys, all the Marvel zombies, we stay till the end of those credit scenes. Uh-huh. And the very last thing oh, after yeah. the credit scene is, hey, visit your local comic shop. That's not going to cost Marvel any money at all right. to put to put that in there. I would really love to see a scene when these post credits were one of the characters you got Tom Holland or or even you know Deadpool goes into a comic book shop and starts yeah. flipping through books. That would yeah. just be so great. You know, and and uh, you know they could even do a big deal about that. They can they could have a prize for some comic shop randomly chosen. That's where they uh-huh. go film it, you know. Um, it's it's really no additional cost to them. Yeah. It's 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 something to, that all the, the to just dance with the yes line. exactly <laughs> yeah exactly. I, I you know the fewer comics I think is is critical. Uh-huh. Um, uh, I, the gimmicks were we we got away from the gimmicks yeah. and the variant covers and the all that for a while after the after the collapse. And now we're that's revving back up again. I feel mm-hmm. like, and that's that's just going to turn people off because you get those completists, mm-hmm. and uh-huh, when they can't yeah. get all 100 copies of Star Wars number one, instead of instead of just buying one copy, they just they quit. They just uh-huh. they just give it up because now they well, can't be no completist point. anymore. I can't get them all. Yeah, if I can't get them yeah. all, then why bother? It blows my mind. Yeah, and I've <laughs> I've, been, I've been guilty of that. You know, like I can't find a first issue of something. I'm like, oh, I'm not going to read it now. I don't have the first issue. You know, right. that kind of thing. Yeah. And sometimes you track them down. Sometimes you don't. You just yeah. move on. Mm-hmm. 
and and I think the last thing I have on my list, not that I won't think of something else if we keep talking about this, but right. there is this. They are constantly trying instead of you know going with the characters that they that have been successful and have been around for eighty years. You right. know, um, there and it's not that I don't want Marvel and DC to come up with new characters, but it, man, they're just throwing anything out there, just hoping that it will stick yeah, sometimes. Uh-huh. And you get completely derivative characters that are that are not uh, that are just ripoffs of you know some of the other ones like my uh, the, the character America, which is a you know derivative of, of Captain America, mm-hmm. right? They had a big push for that character, and and where's that character now? Mm-hmm. Gone, you know. Man. Now and occasionally they get a character that sticks, like you know Ms. Marvel, you know mm-hmm. you know Kamala Khan, uh, uh, Ms. Marvel, you know. I read a. I was reading a, a news article today where they were talking about the the writer of that. I can't even remember what her name is. You know, they were expecting that book to last ten issues, and now they're on volume ten of that series. Uh, that's good. So, I mean, it's so we need obviously those new ideas, but you need to try them out someplace else instead of starting a new title to yeah. introduce yeah, a new why, character. Why don't they have more anthology titles? Why don't they have more tryouts? DC mm-hmm. and Marvel both need to have like a main yeah. book yeah. Where, and that's Try-out. and that is the one where they can retain those, you know, copyrights and trademarks. They buy just writing exactly. a new story about right. that instead of releasing another title for three or four or six issues to keep invaders, you know. We mm-hmm. can we can just do that inside of the and the Marvel anthology can, you know, be a, a Hey, you want to find out more of what's going on? Then this story kind of continues over here. Mm-hmm. It could be little teasers. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I enjoy the free comic book day books. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that, that was there was an intro for Captain America. <laughs> I just the other day, I finally got around to reading last year's Stranger in Paradise twenty five. Oh, I am right. all of a sudden interested in Strangers in Paradise, and I had zero interest in that because it's uh, anyway. That's off the top. <laughs> anyway, um, so yeah, I, I don't know. That's just the whole list that you know. I had come up with, but yeah. uh, you know, and you obviously, Mike, have the most at stake in this. <laughs> yeah, but, I mean, I, I, those are the things that are most important. I mean, there's other little things, you know, too, that I could go on. You know, just like, um, as, you know, I don't know, offering returnability. You know what I mean? That mm-hmm. used to be a thing. You know, I yeah. mean, that I don't know if many people know that, Mike. Historically, I'm sure you do, but that's the reason in the gap between when a book comes out and the cover date of that book is because that is when the right. book was supposed to be pulled off strip covered and returned to the distributor for credit that's why that you know so if a book comes out in march it's got a may date you know and that's when mm-hmm. it's supposed to pull it off the shelf and you used to be able to do that you know comics right. were part of that you know mm-hmm. and then again that's a that's an advantage that large retailers have over shops like this is we don't have that, but you can bet Barnes and Noble can return their books. Oh yeah. You know what I yeah. mean? If they don't sell. That's you, true. You know, so and again if you're D C does limited returnability. Marvel does none returnability <laughs> and but the people that do do returnability frequently and pretty regularly is small publishers. Mm-hmm. IDW does returnability all the time. Oh, yeah. If you buy ten copies, your order is one hundred percent returnable. Well, you know, so you buy ten copies because mm-hmm. you'll get your money back. If they and and I know you've talked about Image before. Mm-hmm. Image sends you incentive books Absolutely. from time to time that are just completely unexpected, uh, and and that's just free money in the yes. in the local comic shops' pockets because mm-hmm. those are, will fetch a price, and yes. they can and they can make some extra money. They can make one or two of their customers extremely happy Absolutely. to get that very very exclusive book as uh-huh. well. So yeah, yep. Back to back to Marvel real quick, and this has been a policy for quite a while now. Uh-huh. But long term, how do you think the uh, no overprinting has played out for them? I can't imagine it's. 
I, I don't know. I can't I mean, imagine. I feel like, I don't I feel see like, the upside of that. Yeah, for larger I stores, yeah. you know, it's probably not that big a deal. Right. But, like, have you ordered more books typically no. for Marvel books because I, of this? No. And you know that's what the incentive for them is. Oh, sure. Because, you know, if you can't, if you don't get it the week it comes out, basically I can't get it. Right. You know, what do I... Do I increase my sales? No, because a shop this size, I cannot afford to have two extra copies of the 30, 50 books that came out this right, week on right. the shelf. I can't do that, you know. And then, again, that's what's so deceptive so many times when you're looking online or whatever. You know, this book is sold out. You know, right. down to a second printing. Well, no, it hasn't. I got six of You know, it's sold right. out of Diamond. Right. You know, and, if, and, of course, it sold out because they printed to order. Yes. Uh -huh. <laughs> you know? Right. But if you, and if you could return those books, mm -hmm. then you as a store could actually take a few more risks on Absolutely. getting some sure. uh, extra copies if you yes. knew that, hey, because it's not costing, you know, Marvel that much, no. you know, for, to print no. a few extra copies of uh -huh. that. So. Yeah, and DC does keep most of their stuff. I mean, it seems like it genuinely seems like um, I don't know. Whenever DC runs out of a title after the first week, it's just like larger than expected demand. Right. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? It feels that way. Maybe that's a little disingenuous. I don't know, but mm -hmm. I know about eighty percent of the time, a, a DC book if I sell out the first week, I can get it again. Marvel is very, very rarely. Right. Mm -hmm. You know, so. I can't imagine it's beneficial. You know what I mean? It has yeah. to cost them because they have to go back to a second printing, which means they probably have to pay a guy to do another cover, mm -hmm. you know, right. or they've paid guys to do covers, covers to have yeah. in the bank, you know, so they can use them yeah. for, you know, second print variants. But, but we don't yeah. need more variants. No, 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 we don't. <laughs> we got plenty of those. You got people don't that, again, you got yeah, people I'll, that, I'll, I'll, I'll pick up a new variant. And that's the thing, there. though, too. This, this isn't, <clears throat> they've kind of figured out variants as opposed to what they were doing in the 90s with right. gimmick covers. Uh -huh. Now it's really more about the art, which is a big draw for comics in general, is sure. the artwork. Yeah. So it's like, well, yeah. Some of the variants are. Yeah, no, I yeah. mean, I mean, that's the thing. There's so many of them. They're mm -hmm. not all going to be great. No, yeah. You right. know, but there are some books I've picked up. It's like, oh, I love that artist. That's a great cover he did or he, she did, mm -hmm. you know, for that one. And I want that cover. Right. You know, like Howard Porter's killing it now in his variants. Oh, and yeah. I definitely picked up some books I wouldn't have normally. Yeah, yeah. that's drawn with his no thumb. He's using... These fingers. Yeah. yeah. Wow. But, yeah, and that's another thing. The way they do these variants, you know, many times, you know, DC is pretty much open order variants, you yeah. know, whereas mm -hmm. Marvel. Oh, yeah. yeah. They just have, and again, you know. And they think, they think you're going to order a 1,000 copies of this I book am. now. <laughs> yeah. You know, but yeah, they cut their nose off to spite their face by doing for that. Sure. Because well, but, and that, I guess that's why they can't offer returnability because then they know everybody would order a 1,000 copies yeah, to get sure. that one variant. Absolutely. And they'd send back 999. And stop yeah. that. Yeah. You know what I mean? But they're really what they're doing is catering to those giant retailers, you know, like. Midtown Comics or, mm -hmm. you know, Mile High or Discount Comic Book Service, mm -hmm. you know, that can afford to do that, right. you know, order those books because they can either sell them or make mm -hmm. those one in a thousand variants go for a pretty high dollar, yeah. right. you know, so could possibly make that up. So, but you ain't going to see them here, I'll tell you that, <laughs> you know. So anyway, enough of that. I could go on all night. <laughs> but it's a good topic. I know it yeah. sometimes is painful, but I, yeah. I, I, oh, I think yeah. it's a great discussion. But I mean, this is all, yeah. it's not just, I mean, it is an absolute honor and a privilege, I feel, to do something for a living that mm. brings people enjoyment. Yeah. You know what I mean? And, yeah. And to do something that's, to, to make your living at doing something that people want to spend their money on and love, and it's what brings joy to their life other than just, you know, going to buy groceries or whatever <laughs> like that. You know, so just to see this end, not just for me and my financial economic situation, it just would be ter awful. You know what I mean? To, right. to see. 
to not be able to be a part of that. I would miss that so much. And that is why it's so important for anybody who's listening to this. And I'm, I'm going to, this is going to be the campus comics promotion right here is to have a pool list Mm -hmm. because whenever, you know, however many, you know, pool customers Mike has, if he has all of a sudden 20% of his pool customers saying, Oh, I want issue number one of a title. Mm-hmm. then that tells him that is a book that he actually needs to make sure he has a few extra copies for on the shelf mm-hmm. so that when the walk-in person comes in, then they will also hopefully be able to get a copy of that book or the person who didn't add it to their pull list can pick up a copy. And, you know, what the, you know, Wrong Earth has been a book that yeah. several people have talked about and uh-huh. it's been tough to get. And if more people had, you know, had that on the pull list and that wouldn't come as right. quite the surprise, right. you know, so it is, mm-hmm. it is so critical to establish that pull list uh, it, 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 it helps Canvas, Canvas Comics bottom Absolutely. line, helps them on ordering the books that need to actually be on the shelf. Mm-hmm. Uh, so please seriously consider starting a pull list mm-hmm. here at Campus Comics because that's, that's yeah, what's going to help with that. And just speaking to Scott's point right here specifically, talking about the Wrong Earth incident, uh-huh. is so this is a book that came out that kind of flew under the radar by mm-hmm. some really good creators. I work at this store. I didn't get a copy of yeah. number two. Yeah. So, so yeah. this is the, don't, don't even start with me, Atchison. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. And I recommended this to people, mm-hmm. and they picked it up, uh, and then I didn't get mine. Right. I work here. I didn't so get this, any. Is, this is the importance of having yeah. a pull list yeah. and letting people know. Even right. for me, uh-huh. you know, this isn't just us, yeah. you know, right. trying to promote the store. This is yeah. this is the life and, of comic Again, collecting. and it's like, like Dan joked a while ago, if there was only a way to know what exactly. was coming out, that's the other thing, too, is people are like, oh, and I want this. I mean... You know, previews comes out two months ahead of time. Yeah. You know, you know it's coming out. I mean, you see stuff on the internet if you out look at any of the boards or any of yeah, the groups yeah. like that. You get more notice than that. Yeah. You know, so yeah. if you see a book and you know that you want that book, tell your retailer tell me mm-hmm. you know what i yeah, mean yeah the solicitations for the neck for from the big companies for previews are already online this week yes for the next issue mm-hmm. of previews which is probably next week or right. when the actual catalog comes out right so let us know and then that we that we can get those and let me know that you want that you know just information and yeah. it's out there and just to let us know it helps you the customer it helps mm-hmm. us the the store you mm-hmm. know definitely mm-hmm. and uh, yeah yeah so okay okay good all right we good there we're good we're good right. next topic next topic <laughs> next topic hey next happy note topic. yes hey hey happy so, note let's go on, on a happy note go. so <laughs> so we're all gonna we're all gonna recommend a trade or hardcover uh mm-hmm. you know because you know hey we're getting into the christmas season yes so so this is the time to you know pick up a good read for mm-hmm. somebody right. so um you know, it's it's hard for me to just narrow it down to one. Right. <laughs> I got two. I mean, I actually, I'm gonna I'm gonna just gonna tell you. I'm gonna I'm gonna talk about two. And so. you primarily read trades, right? That's and I how you and I primarily read stuff. trades. You know, mm-hmm. I've got you know I've got Captain America and I've got Alien Three on my pull list and I've got Doctor Who on my pull list here at Campus Comics. So, you know, it's uh, those are just you know books that I I am gonna try to read monthly. But I do a lot of my reading in trade. Um, and you know, and trades are nice gifts because you typically get a complete story that you can give to somebody. It's not yeah. like you know, you see kids come to a convention and they pull out one random issue and it's halfway in the middle of the story. And, right. and you know, you feel sorry for them because yeah. they're just not, you know, getting what they think they're going to get. But with a trade, you're getting typically a, a, a fairly complete story. Mm-hmm. So it's always nice to recommend. And, and I think trades make excellent Christmas gifts. I'm, I'm never sure. upset whenever I get a trade paperback for a Christmas right, gift. Right. You know, unless it's, well, I won't name any titles that <laughs> <laughs> it's it's always somebody else's favorite yeah, yeah that's right every, out there. every movie it. is somebody's favorite movie and every yeah, comic right. book is somebody's favorite comic mm-hmm. book so 
So who wants who wants to go first on the trades? So you want to do one of yours? I, I, oh, I'll just do both. Of okay. Mine. I'll, okay, I'll go and do both. Of mine. I have one for the comic reader and one for the non-comic reader. Mm-hmm. All right. So, and I've talked about both of these titles repeatedly um, on the podcast, but you know, the Silver Surfer, Mike Allred, uh, uh, Dan Slot run was just amazing. Um, what is what is uh, so great about it is that you don't really have to know anything about Marvel. It's kind of off in its own little thing. It's out in outer space. Um, it's got this this incredible relationship that you see the beginning and the end of this relationship between uh, Silver Surfer and his companion. And basically, what it boils down to this is it's it's Silver Surfer is Doctor Who. Is it's quite <laughs> honest, it's quite it honestly is, it kind of is, and it's but but that's uh, good though. It's, it's good. good. I story. mean, this is you just see this entire relationship go from. <laughs> From beginning to end, back to the beginning. All right, that's that's how this how far this story rides. It's five or six volumes, so it's a it's a fairly lengthy story. I think they just released an omnibus, or there's one that's about ready to come yeah. out for this. But you can get all these trades. Um, it's it's just it, there's some innovative storytellings that goes on in this. Um, but I, what I, what's nice about it is most people who know anything about comics they understand Silver Surfer. They kind of know what he does, but in and you don't have to know what's going on with Civil War Two or with Cap Hydra to understand what's going on in the Silver Surfer book. Mm-hmm. So that's my first recommendation. Now for and and really, that is a title that I think even a non superhero comic book reader could actually potentially enjoy. So if you have somebody that says they like Doctor Who, that might be something to consider. So my other recommendation is Terry Moore's Rachel Rising. I don't know. I love this book. It's like I think it's like seven volumes. Uh, Terry Moore, Strangers in Paradise, Echo, uh, Fathom, and and Rachel Rising is my favorite. That being said, I haven't read Strangers in Paradise, so full disclosure there. Um, but this is an uh, incredible supernatural tale. Um, I like stories that have pseudo-religious underpinnings, and this has a little bit of pseudo-religious underpinnings uh, involved in this story. But it's a it's a very good supernatural story. Mm-hmm. So it's not not superhero at all so it, it starts off as a murder mystery and just kind of progresses from there and it's it's uh it's very enjoyable so maybe even somebody who liked uh sandman might also be somebody who would, would enjoy this story as well so both of those i think are are terrific recommendations i could list some others but i'm gonna concede, concede my time uh <laughs> for everybody else to make a recommendation so <laughs> all right well i guess i'll jump in there i mean i could name a few as well but uh it's funny scott started mentioning this one a while ago because the just the remastered edition came out uh, a couple of weeks ago or maybe just last week but it was marvels mm-hmm. by kurt, kurt Busiek and uh and alex ross on art and again uh it's kind of something i i'm not really it's it's more for comic people you know specifically marvel mm-hmm. people because what it really deals with is uh uh, again, it's it is a superhero story, but the superheroes are not the main characters of this book. You know, it, it's basically what what would life really be like to the normal guy like us, guy sitting around right. this table, you know, who didn't have any idea of superheroes. You know, we weren't familiar with that. If these beings with these fantastic powers just showed up and started, right. just like how would that really impact us? How would that make us feel? How would it and 
it's just a really good story. It's told from the perspective of a guy named Phil Sheldon, who's a photographer for, you know, the local newspapers at the Bugle, I assume, that he probably works for. I can't remember. I feel like it was, wasn't yeah. it? I, they, they had talked about the Bugle, at yeah, least. In they the, yeah, they do, they do yeah. talk about yeah. it. I mean, it starts off back in World War II when mm-hmm. Phil's real young, you know, and he's had, I'm heading to Germany to take pictures of the, you know, of right. the Nazis and all this and all that, you know, and uh, – talking to a young J. Jonah Jameson, you know, and in one scene and stuff like that. And so it's just the unfolding of the silver age of Marvel comics mm-hmm. from the perspective of an of an observer. You know what I mean? It's like it gets into the wedding of Sue and Reed. Yeah. You, you see know, Galactus the first time. You see Galactus, this whole story mm-hmm. that we just talked about, 48 mm-hmm. through 50, you see about him there taking pictures. It, mm-hmm. it's, some of it's pretty ingenious because they kind of retcon some famous covers like the yeah. death of Gwen Stacy. Mm, they yes, recommend uh-huh. one of the characters in the crowd as being Phil Sheldon, mm-hmm. wow. you know, that you see on the cover and you can go back and say, Oh, that was him. You know what right, I mean? Yeah. It's not really, but they kind of right. did that. So it's just the perspective of this, you know, it's just like all of a sudden, I used to be a big deal. Well, how do I compete with a guy that can fly or do yeah. this or do mm-hmm. that? You know, so it's just like how it impacts people and just from the outside. I don't even know that any of the superheroes have any dialogue in this story, do they? Because gosh, that's terrible. I, it was been within the last year that uh, I read that, and I don't remember. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I mean, it really is from the point of view of the man on the street. Yes, with the exactly. entire story. Yeah, and I mean, and some of just again, Alex Ross, you know, who I don't think is the best at sequential <clears throat> storytelling, but there are some pretty amazing shots, you know, yeah. just like Phil taking a picture up as Giant Man stepping over him, you know yeah. what I mean? And just right, things right. like that. You get the feeling of how that would, oh, that would be feel, cool. you know yeah. what I mean? And just, and you would think, man, that's fantastic, mm-hmm. but it was, these people, it freaked them out, you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> so, and this, mm-hmm. this is a story that really kind of catapulted Alex Ross, too, yes. you know, when people yeah. Saw his artwork yeah. in this. Yeah, this was just a couple years before Pre- Kingdom Come, probably. Yeah, right? yeah. Yeah. So, but that would be one of my recommendations, and I'll just stick with that one because it's a really good. <laughs> you can mark me down story for story from mm-hmm. a from a good perspective. Yeah, just a quick tangent. The way Marvel milks everything, have they ever brought Phil back in anything else? I don't. Have they ever had I cameos of him since in I any stories recall. or anything? I don't recall. Because he was such a good character, you feel like they would like some writer would just put him in somewhere as a cameo uh-huh. or something. <laughs> yeah, but I remember because it came out what. Was it ninety the nineties early nineties? Yeah, yeah, because yeah. yeah. I mean it starts with World War Two, and then you know you see the original fights between the Golden Age Silver Surfer and um, Submariner mm-hmm. happening. You know all that going on, the whole fire and well, water Golden things. Age Human Torch, Human Torch, yeah, yeah. yeah. What yeah. did I say? Silver Surfer, yeah. But Silver Surfer's in it later on. Yeah, I mean, whenever He's Galactus in comes yeah. in, that's I mean, a cool, that's a cool cover too. Oh yeah, yeah. But no, that was a. That was just a misspeaking right. on my part. Oh, and then yeah, I none, think of us, it, none of us. No, I've never done that. Yeah. None of us. None <laughs> of us. Kirby collaboration. Yeah, I'll be talking about what Claremont and it was Wolfman yeah. and the, yeah. yeah. But, then, but, then, but then I think I think it ends up, you know, it, what then was current day because I believe he, I think one of the last things is it feels older, obviously, and he meets a young paper boy named Danny Ketch. Yeah. You know, who's the one that becomes the second Ghost Rider, or the yeah. second, you know. Fire-headed guy on a motorcycle, yeah. rider, not the cowboy. And you get to see some of those like really powerful Marvel moments, you know, from a different perspective. Uh-huh. Like especially the death of Gwen Stacy. Yeah, uh, you 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 see that from a different perspective, and man, it just it just, it just adds to mm-hmm. Marvel Marvel continuity as opposed to it just makes it so much Contradicting stronger. Contradicting it, yeah, yeah, it just it does, makes it so much stronger. Makes yeah. it so much stronger. Yeah. So yeah, good read. Nice. All right. All righty. You two wrestle for. All right. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, 
My choice is Camelot 3000. It came out in 1988, written by Mike W. Barr and drawn by Brian Boland or Boland. I never really have. I always said Boland. Yeah, Boland is what always came to mind as well. But I uh, I bought this off the racks. I take that back. I might have been a subscriber through Westfield in 1988 and got it. You know the 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 mail service but i bought individual issues and um if any anyone that has any interest in history um especially arthurian uh history this is very much loyal um to the your your typical um mainstream arthur king arthur and all of his knights um queen guinevere and lancelot and gawain and and uh you know tristan Except with the spin of them being reincarnated, uh, reincarnated in the modern day, and it is a, a fantastic story. I know Mike W. Barr's done a great job with a lot of different stories, but um, it's it, all in one read. I've I've reread it recently, and it's just as it holds up. Um, and uh, it, like I said, if you like any kind of history, um, this is one to pick up. Be there, be square. Okay. <laughs> Short and sweet. Yeah, that's one of those ones where it's like I've always thought about picking it up, but just never got around to mm-hmm. it kind of things. So but I've always been kind of aware. No kidding. I can't borrow anything, man. Yeah. I have way too many things to read. I've got the twelve issues but, uh, in my in my two read pile, yeah, so yeah. they're they're there. All bundled yeah. together. <laughs> right, yeah. Uh, so for me, uh, again, I'm more of a DC guy, but I think what I want to recommend is the Man Without Fear Daredevil miniseries from '93, uh, where you had Frank Miller and coming back and John Romita Jr. kind of retelling the origin of Daredevil. Um, now this was originally released as a mini as a five issue miniseries. It was supposed to be an oversized graphic novel, though, and I think someone from Marvel got cold feet at the last minute, <laughs> and they did chop it up and uh, release it sequentially like that. I think it probably reads a little more awkward that way. That's why I want to recommend the trade on this is how it was originally supposed to be published. Uh, if you're a fan of the Daredevil show, mm-hmm. read this book. Mm-hmm. They took a lot of stuff from this, specifically the sort of year one black costume mm-hmm. that he wears in the show is definitely lifted from this Man Without Fear miniseries. And again, you get the death of his father, you get the introduction of Electra, you get Stick and they're training him. There's mm-hmm. so much stuff in here that it's just a really solid Frank Miller Daredevil him story. Him and Foggy in college. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you know, it's good it's good John Romita Jr. art. <laughs> Josh. <laughs> but, you know, it's it's definitely worth reading. Uh, I've been thinking about it a lot lately because of the Daredevil show. You know, it's 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 hard for me to go back and reread stuff because of the reading pile we talked about yes. earlier that I have. But this is definitely something I want to go back and reread. So yeah, it's a really good. If you just if you're a fan of the Daredevil show, you want to weigh into comics. This is probably it. Mm-hmm. You know, so definitely That's check this segue. out. I've got a good list for my family members to buy me. There you go. <laughs> there you go. Coming up. There you go. Get on Amazon. <laughs> come into the comic shop. Pick these up. That's right. There you go. All right. Well, any final words from anyone here? No, no. Are you uh, offering gift certificates at? Uh, oh yeah, yeah. yeah so we you got, should you should probably mention yeah, that's that. True. Yeah. yeah, we got uh, for this. You know, if you want to buy these, we we'll, we will be. If we don't have them in stock, we will be carrying. Make sure they are in stock. So come in, and if you're not sure what you want, if you do have a comic uh, 
lover, collector, reader, whatever on your on your uh, shopping list, and you're not sure, which is a very common problem. You know, you don't yep. really know. Oh you, yeah. You want to buy something for that loved one that's into <laughs> this, right, Mike? Like he said, he just made his list. He can give that to them, and if if you don't want to give away, you know what you're wanting to do. Um, just come on in. We do have gift cards. You know, they're just like gift cards, like you buy at any retailer. You know, you swipe them. You know, so it's like a credit card. So yeah, just come yeah, in what, and buy what, a gift what card. What amounts can you get those for? Uh, pretty much any <laughs> amount you want. Yeah. Hey, but yeah. I'll tell you what, the blind purchase is not terrible either. Mm-hmm. I, one time, I had a friend who he he was not a comic book guy. He actually, this is you know, many many years ago, back when Dennis was running the shop, he came in here and just picked two things up off of the shelf, kind of almost completely at random. Uh-huh. <laughs> and the two things that he got for me were the the John Byrne Superman Man of Steel trade. Ooh, there you go. All right, and. G.I. Joe 21, the silent <laughs> issue. I mean, I mean seriously, just me? totally what a great friend. Man. Man. Yeah. No idea. No idea this was. And he picked up a couple of things. Those, I remember those two books. Wow. It was just like, because they were a gift. That's yeah. Really cool. and well, and it's just, that was the first G.I. Yeah. Joe comic book I ever read. Huh. Was was that issue. So, yeah. <laughs> I sadly, I, I had to rebuy that issue. I don't right. actually have it. But, you know, so hey, sometimes that blind thing off the shelf could be the, oh, the yeah. book that they wanted that they didn't know that they wanted. Mm-hmm. You know, so. And, you know, one thing about if you're a customer here on a regular basis, Mike will know kind of your interests. So, yeah. if your family yeah. member yeah. or friend comes in, Mike will be able to point you at least in the right direction. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Happy to do that. Another thing to keep in mind, too, is what tends to always, I'm glad Scott brought up Rachel Rising. You know, because what people always associate comic books with superheroes. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's the other thing, too. You know, if you just know somebody that's a reader, you know, that like mm-hmm. maybe a Stephen King fan, I can recommend some stuff that's in that vein. Yeah. Well, you, know, you can talk about The Lock and Key because it's, yeah. it's Stephen it's King's son, you know? Yeah. yeah, I mean, there's, I mean, comic books are not just superheroes. That's what mm-hmm. gets right. the lion's share of the attention. Mm-hmm. But there's horror, there's sci fi, there's crime, mm-hmm. there's, there's, pretty a tr- much there's, yeah. I, history you know yeah. autobiography autobiographical yes. comics yeah. i mean yeah it's the genre is it's endless it's i mean this covers open, covers right. everything there's so. shirtless bear fighters yes <laughs> there you there go there's, there's love affairs in dungeons in in anime yeah. you know so right. or manga so, so. <laughs> there's girl grizzly bear stories <laughs> yeah. that we're finding out as a subgenre whatever <laughs> so so yeah it's not limited to superheroes and again you know just just come in and check out the store you know for other reasons and just you know personal reasons there's just it's just a just a lot of stuff in here to mm-hmm. pretty much anything that anybody that enjoys reading at all or maybe doesn't know they enjoy reading you know mm-hmm. give them something it's just a it's a wonderful medium yeah you know, and, it and is. you know if you just walk in blind to a store it can seem pretty impenetrable oh, sometimes you know mm-hmm. but always just ask yeah you know we're here to help out and yeah. you know we're typically pretty knowledgeable about things. We can mm-hmm. usually steer you in the right direction. Right. <laughs> and so. if you don't know, just make it up. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> just make it up. There you go. We'll just Google it. Yeah. yeah. There you go. Oh, yeah. Here you go. Uh, all right. Well, I guess if that'll do it for everybody, I sure appreciate everybody coming in. Good to have you, Mike. Thank you so yeah. much for inviting me. And thanks for changing the schedule. That You guys <laughs> didn't need to do that, but I am – you just – I mean, nope. aside from the great – I mean, coming home to see family – this was the icing on the cake to come here and hang out at the store again and talk with you guys about comics. Yeah, so cool. All right. Well, so like, next time will probably be another one of our preview episodes. Preview episodes yeah, I would right? say so, yeah. Okay. Because we'll probably get the next 
the new previews probably next week yeah. i would think yeah last week of the month well, so I'll, I'll try to get these two out before okay before, <laughs> then, before the next out. Before we previews so uh, maybe one this week one next week then we get the previews out the following yeah. so. okay that all sounds right. good all right. <laughs> all right well if that'll do it we hope you've enjoyed listening along with us have we've rambled on about several different topics hopefully you learned something or you figured out something you'd like to read or just decided to come in and check out what a comic book store is so many people come in and just i've never been in a comic shop before mm-hmm. well if you haven't you need to you need to remedy that yes um <laughs> so the, again this is mike no without here at campus comics uh phone number here is 618-457-6011 we're at 816 east main street here in carbondale illinois you can follow us on facebook twitter at campus underscore comics uh for twitter like I said dan handles that for us um trying to think if there's anything else you can message us there on facebook i guess that's it scott right. scott reed bergcomics.com b-u-r-g comics.com has all the links to the facebook page and website and ebay store so again if you cannot find it at campus comics then, then send me a message and Dan Brown at uh, Detective Six Five One on uh, WordPress DeviantArt and Twitter. If they haven't locked me out of my account for tweeting too much again. <laughs> <laughs> and Mike Atchison, you can reach me through the store, and I think you can actually message me through Facebook without, um, you know, having to be a friend or whatever. So okay, yeah, all right. He'll just ignore it. It's okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, thanks again for your time, everybody. We hope you've learned something that. Thanks for listening and coming to the store, please. We'd love to meet you. And uh, until next time.